1: Hey, Ryan, I'm super excited about this day, um, episode. We have a very special guest, Dr. Yes, we do. Dr. Kai Hargis. Um, Kai, thanks for coming.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. We uh, know that a lot of our, our survivors and listeners um, will learn, a, no pressure, but we will learn a lot <laughs> because this is one of those topics that tends to come up pretty often here at the Survivorship Center. Mm-hmm. Right, Pam?
1: Yes, I think it's every patient I meet with, they complain about their vision, mm-hmm. dry eyes, runny eyes, mm-hmm. um, and what can I do? When do I need to go see my eye doctor? Should I go see an eye doctor? So we have an expert. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: No pressure. No (laughs) pressure for sure.
1: Kyle, just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and where you grew up and what made you go into optometry.
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm an Amarillo boy, born and raised. uh, So graduated from Amarillo High. Um, and actually you know what kind of got me started is I got my first pair of glasses uh, when I was about three or four years old uh, you know the classic life changing story right. that you know you could see things for the first time and uh, but it just really you know became a, a, like a yearly thing going and seeing my optometrist is kind of the only doctor I liked seeing uh, <laughs> and then I transitioned mm-hmm. you know from glasses to contacts in middle school when it's not cool to have glasses anymore uh, mm-hmm. um, but you know it's just always that kind of kind of yearly, you know, trip back to the optometrist that, you know, really was fun and then got to be senior in high school and decided, you know, what am I going to (laughs) do? And then I interviewed my, you know, childhood optometrist. um, And I was like, yeah, this is something I could see myself doing. So I just kind of made it a point to go after it and haven't looked back. So um, one year out of uh, school, I've been back in Amarillo home for a year and Loving what I do.
1: All right. And you're at Coulter Drive Optical. Yes,
2: Coulter Drive Optical uh, is (laughs) where I'm at. All right. So, Pam, I have to ask uh, the question I know all of our listeners are wanting to know,
0: did you ever have the rec specs? The Rex specs, yeah, you know, like the Kareem Abdul, the, you know the.
2: No, I I had the I had the classic Harry Potter glasses, but before Harry Potter even had them, uh, but uh, you know, no Rex specs. No Rex specs. Me, yeah. No. Well, yeah, you know that was always my biggest fear if I had to get glasses playing sports. You know, you'd have to wear the the
0: vision goggle mm-hmm. things, and didn't want to go there. Oh yeah, no, no no. I'll tell you,
1: he was pretty cute in those Harry Potter um, eyeglasses. so um hot topic dry Mm, eyes. yes what can you tell us about dry eyes in the texas Panhandle? yeah
2: um it's everywhere uh whether we kind of know it or not everyone's kind of felt you know dry eyes at some point because i mean look at the area we're in Uh, Mm -hmm. humidity's always super low Mm -hmm. you can always count on the wind to be blowing and you know especially summertime you know heat's involved so it's just a Environment a perfect environment for eyes to just be dry, mm-hmm. um, you know, even without other stuff happening to the body, too. So, um, it's just kind of the area for it. Um, and oft- honestly, the more research and more research is being done about the topic of dry eye, uh, a l- pretty decent percentage of dry eye actually has to do with, you know, the eyelids specifically. Um, it's kind of uh, you know what people don't think is like my eyelids are you know messed up you know or kind of something's not working. And in about 86% of dry eyes, we notice some form of what's called meibomian gland dysfunction. And you know we the meibomian glands are located in the lids, and that's kind of you know uh, kind of a hot topic at least currently in the realm of dry eye.
1: Right. So for our listeners, um, what does dry eyes feel like?
2: Yeah. So the (laughs) common thing is, you know, burning sensation, gritty, sandy feeling, uh, more kind of towards the end of the day. Uh, Mm. but it can happen in the beginning of the day too. And one kind of symptom people don't normally think about, uh, is actually excessively watery eyes. So it's Uh, not runny, runny eyes. Right. So run, you can have runny eyes and technically still have quote unquote dry Dry eyes eyes. (laughs) yeah Yeah. so yeah so essentially kind of how it works is you know if your tears that your eyes normally make uh aren't able to stay on the eyes for as long as they can, you know, they, you know, roll off or kind of evaporate, uh, your brain kind of notices that and says, you know, I need to make more tears. So it just kind of constantly pumps out tears. And Mm. if, you know, it's just kind of this never ending cycle where, you know, tears aren't working. So your body tries to make more to essentially, you know, keep it lubricated or, you know, comfortable mm-hmm. so it's yeah you can have runny eyes and still have dry <laughs> wow. eyes i had no idea that it was more or less a uh, eyelid function mm-hmm. oh yeah so you kind of going back to you know those meibomian glands you know uh I, i'll start using oil glands because that's what they are they're, they're oil glands that sit in the eyelid that kind of when we blink, we kind of pump out a little bit of oil, that oil mixes in with our tear film. And you can think of, you know, when they're functioning properly, it's like putting a, you know, a cup of oil over a cup of water, It sits right. over the top nice and evenly, and doesn't allow kind of the water to to get out or evaporate. That's when everything's kind of working properly. When it doesn't when we have dry eyes you know it's not like that it's like putting a teaspoon of oil over a cup of water it kind of breaks apart you get these gaps that water can just kind of you know evaporate through and that's when we start having you know issues uh with kind of the the feeling of dry and also kind of changes in our vision too
0: right well you know the the interesting thing so let's think about from a cancer survivor standpoint Mm -hmm. so we know you know everything tends to get blamed on, well, it's the chemo or, well, it's the radiation. But in this fact, it really is the chemo, right, that can cause the issues of dry eyes.
2: Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. So, you know, definitely a person who doesn't have cancer and is not going through chemo can have dry eyes, and that's kind of where, you know, what we've been talking about comes in. But for chemo specifically, you know, some of those chemicals being pumped in the body, you know, their whole role is to help, you know, kind of, uh, kind of not let the, you know, cancer cells grow at the rate they're growing or, you know, and kind of that affects all cells in a way, right. uh, cells on the eye, you know, uh, especially. So how going through chemo can cause issues, you know, with the eyes and dryness and such. So. And it's one of those things that we've talked about too, that chemo does, and a lot of
0: times does a great job of what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. However, it comes with negative side effects naturally that most everyone listening knows, you know, the hair falling out, the mm-hmm. gland, you know, the hair follicles. Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, it can be the common root cause of their their
2: oil glands to not be secreting enough oil or secreting any oil. Right, right. So one of, you know, a common side effect of, you know, most kind of chemo drugs uh, is, you know, a little bit of inflammation. And, you know, that's not just localized to one part of the body, it affects a lot of parts of the body. And so if it causes inflammation around the eyelids, more specifically, the glands, it can definitely kind of obstruct those glands and you know cause that you know type of dry eye we we were discussing
1: is there any type of medication that um, cancer survivors may have taken besides chemotherapy like Mm -hmm. um, steroids or prednisone or an aromatase inhibitor Mm -hmm. or Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so kind of steroids specifically have kind of their own effect on the eyes uh, um, you know And, you know, they help reduce inflammation, which, you know, we were talking about. But one of their other side effects is they can cause, you know, stuff from increased pressure in the eyes to kind of formation of cataracts, which can be Mm -hmm. visually Mm -hmm. significant. Um, So that that particularly can cause, you know, vision issues. Um, and then, you know, more or less with some of the other uh, chemo specific, you, know, you know, drugs and therapies, uh, it, what I've come across more is kind of, you know, localized inflammation and that kind of causes structures to not function kind of how they used to.
1: Right. So is the damage done permanent or is it something that can be worked through? Work
2: through? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I always kind of try to make it a point to, you know, tell. All my patients, you know, usually with dry eye, uh, it's a chronic, you know, condition, mm-hmm. which requires a, a chronic kind of therapy. So, uh, um, you know, there's there's you know, essentially there's hope right. <laughs> for, right. for sure right. if you're going through this. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, there there is uh, therapies so, that we can. So just do. because
0: you've got it doesn't mean you have to live with
2: it. Exactly.
0: And that's what I yeah. want everyone to hear out there for sure, right. is that it's something that, you know, while negative and and can be cumbersome, it can be mm-hmm. uh, alleviated or helped. Hopefully,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think it's you know chemo saved their lives, but right. it doesn't. You don't have to deal with the side effects, right. um, or just let them uh, happen. You can right. get help.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So let's let's think about this because I'm curious. Is there so? When someone is diagnosed with Mm -hmm. cancer, is that a time that they should, if they've not already, you know, they should be seeing a doctor or an eye doctor to kind of maybe start the process Mm -hmm. and start following? Because I know, um, you know, we, we hear a lot of our folks will say, Um, gosh, my vision changed drastically from the minute I had treatment to the, you know, when I finished my treatment. Right. And so does it make sense to to start once they're diagnosed? If, you know,
2: yeah, no, absolutely. So um, hopefully, you know, we, we tell everyone, you know, it's pretty common to have the eyes checked at least once a year, uh, even for kind of, you know, quote unquote, normal eyes, uh, you know, we still evaluate the health of the eyes. And that's kind of what uh, me, uh, myself as an optometrist, you know, tends to do. Uh, We give a comprehensive eye exam. If you need glasses, we write a glasses prescription. But we also look at the overall health of the eye in addition, you know, aside from just, you know, whether they need correction or not. So uh, as far as kind of when you're, you know, when someone's first diagnosed with, you know, cancer, uh, absolutely, it's a good time to get in and have the eyes checked, just knowing that that could be a potential side effect of kind of what they're going to go through next. We want to see where you start out. Uh, We always kind of like to have that baseline to Mm -hmm. see, you know, what changes and how we can, you know, help uh help along with that.
0: If by chance, let's say um, I'm done with my treatment, I'm mm-hmm. finished with my treatment and I am continually struggling with this, what mm-hmm. might, my evaluation look like what might my treatment look like Mm -hmm. and you know how invasive are we looking because i think some people think maybe uh it's something that they're going to have to go in and you know surgically fix or get
2: get poked and prodded another procedure cataract (laughs)
0: procedure or and we know about that but i mean Mm -hmm. just with dry eyes in general or the runny eyes that tends to be the issue.
2: Right. Well, I I would think, uh, you know, it's nothing as extensive as what, you know, they've gone through before or right. uh, as far as testing goes. Uh, kind of just what a normal comprehensive eye exam looks like. We have you come in. We measure how well you're seeing with your current, you know, correction, whether that be glasses or contacts. We take a couple other key measurements of the uh, kind of the eye we take, you know, just several non-invasive pictures of the back of the eye um, and, and then kind of see, you know, do a kind of Basic assessment of the structures on the outside of the eye, which tends to be more what's, you know, happening and what's involved with dry eyes. But we also look at structures inside of the eye, too, uh, just as kind of that, you know, first visit. And then more dry eye specific, we, you know, my practice uh, in particular, we've kind of invested a, a good deal in kind of getting equipment needed that helps a lot in diagnosing and, you know, creating you know, very specialized therapies for each dry eye patient. So, I mean, it's nothing more than I think would be just like uh, you know having your picture taken. Uh we just have take a couple pictures of your eyes specifically. Right.
1: Do you mm-hmm. get the puff of air? We yeah,
2: <laughs> we we do not have the puff of air. So, we've kind of <laughs> we've branched away from that that technology is uh I won't say old it's dated. Uh <laughs> we've moved on to you know less uh, aggressive forms of, of uh that measurement, but You know, it's funny is
0: <laughs> that's what everybody
1: i don't want to go for the puff of air, I
0: don't want the puff of air. That,
2: that's the one thing you know the recurring thing if i you know i'd probably say it 20 something times a day or it's like yeah i was so surprised y'all don't have the puff of air and i'm like <laughs> yeah that stuff's old we, we don't need it anymore so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so kai you said you were an optometrist do yes. um our ca- cancer survivors need to go to an optometrist or an ophthalmologist
2: that, or question. could you tell us good, the difference Yeah, so starting off difference between the two um uh so optometrist we go through uh 4 years or kind of we get our bachelor's degree in, at a you know college university normally in a science background and then after that we do four more years at a optometry specific college program uh, so you can think of it as kind of like a post-grad or a graduate degree, but we come out with our doctor of optometry. Um, and then some people like to specialize and spend a couple more years in a specific field, like, uh, you know, stuff with the retina or, you know, surgeries or, uh, kind of specific pathologies or illnesses. Um, but we're licensed and ready to practice after kind of that four year, uh, um, optometry degree, ophthalmologists, they go through kind of four years of undergrad, or kind of a college, they go through four years of medical school. And then they go through kind of anywhere from a two to four year kind of residency, uh, depending on you know what area of the eye they want to specialize in. And then they could potentially do, you know, two to four more years of a fellowship to, you know, specialize further. So uh, the way I kind of like to explain it to ophthalmologists are very, or can be, um, more surgery specific. You know, if you need surgery done on the eye, ophthalmologists are the one doing it for the most part. Uh, as far as, you know, you can think of optometrists as general practitioners, like a family practitioner Mm -hmm. for, you know, normal health exams for your eyes though. So as far as kind of, you know, do I need to go see the, an ophthalmologist when I, you know, am, you know, first uh uh, for my first exam no we we can get you covered at a you know you know a normal therapeutic optometry practice uh and we give you a thorough you know evaluation of your eyes and so you're, you're covered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's okay to start with an optometrist. Yes. Yeah. And okay. if
2: anything comes up to where we feel like you need, you know, more specialized, like a, you know, a, a different look at the eyes from kind of, you know, ophthalmologist standpoint, we refer, we work very close to you know, with right. each other. So, right.
1: so, um, when I was in my, um, at a local, uh, oncologist, um, I would hear patients say, my vision has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not done with um, treatment. I know the ideal thing is to get baseline, mm-hmm. but is there a time where maybe they need to wait so long after treatment to start if they don't have a baseline?
2: Um, no. Uh, you. I mean, you can come in and, you know, get checked anytime you want. I mean, there's, you know, if you have a problem, we're going to do our best to kind of help, you know, fix it or Mm -hmm. at least manage it better. And, you know, we, you know, a baseline's not, you know, required in a sense, we'd like to have one if we could, but, um, you know, say, you know, you're having huge fluctuations in your vision, your eyes are getting terribly dry. They're getting terribly runny. Uh, you know, it, it'd be more of a problem focused exam for Mm -hmm. sure, but we can, more or less get you in a better spot or work towards feeling better uh, if you, you know, if you just come in and uh, and see us.
1: So their prescription might not change that much then. Right. From- right.
2: And that's and that's what we check, too. So n- normally if we check prescription uh, and you always get a best correction mm-hmm. so, uh, and to tell you, you know, hey, this is what your prescription is now, you know, here's what it could be. Do you notice any of a a change? If no, we'll look at something else Mm -hmm. uh, as far as kind of, you know, structures of the eye, my glands or, you know, whatever. And and we can tell you, well, we're noticing that this looks a little bit, you know, different, you know, away from normal. We can, you know, look at this a little bit closer and then kind of go from there. But it's not always kind of you know, we're going to change your prescription every time you, you come right. in. Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't want to I'm pick afraid. out glasses
1: every <laughs> yeah, single right. time. That's like, stressful enough. Right. <laughs> well,
2: and not to mention just the sheer expense of
0: right. glasses and mm-hmm. everything to go along with that. But mm-hmm. the nice thing is being able to do things along the way, kind mm-hmm. of keep, keep track of where things are, right. and then towards the end of treatment, of course, hopefully things will stay either mm-hmm. in one pattern or they'll get better and then kind of make that final yeah.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. And, and another thing I've kind of personally, you know, seen too, um, you know, someone comes up, yeah, I feel like I should get my eyes checked, but I don't have vision insurance. And then they start kind of, you know, explaining symptoms uh, to me and everything it was like, well, you know, these are medical diagnosis and we are, you know, licensed to, you know, handle medical stuff with the eye too. So, I mean, if you have medical insurance, we, we, take all forms of medical insurance. And uh, so if it ends yeah. up being kind of a medical issue uh, and you do have medical insurance, I mean, your, your eye doctor, your optometrist can, can help you there. So that's good to know. Mm-hmm. There's hope.
1: You don't have to have those watery eyes right. and itchy eyes. <laughs> and
0: yeah. You know um, one of the things that I think um, our listeners may be interested in mm-hmm. as well is um, you know, Should I just, in the meantime, while I'm going through Mm -hmm. treatment, should I just use like over-the-counter drops, Mm -hmm. Um, carry drops or things like that? I mean, do regular eye drops help during the dry, runny eyes when your glands aren't producing enough oil, or is Mm -hmm. it just kind of a... Band aid over the the leak in the dam.
2: Right, right. So I I use the yeah the expression you know most the uh, most of the time you know generic over the counter eye drops they they treat the the fruit of the problem but not the root of the problem. So uh in, in order to know what's causing it you know we'd like to see and kind of you know evaluate and 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 look into you know certain things. But uh you know I've been I usually make it a point to go down the eye aisle and every grocery store, or, you know, pharmacy, <laughs> just as, you know, see what's out there and it, you can get lost very easily. You know, it's like, okay, my doctor gave me this, but you know, there's the, the, this brand, the generic right. and, you know, actual ingredients brand. are all the same, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. is. This like, one does that, that one right. says Night this. Time. This one's yeah. nighttime <laughs> and this one's daytime. And by the time you're finished, it's like, you know, I have a headache just kind of looking at it. I'll just grab this. There are differences between them uh, as far as, you know, um, you know, components of it. And honestly, knowing the type of dry eye, we are better able to recommend or prescribe, you know, a specific, uh, or kind of a, um, kind of a variety of, um, uh, artificial tears or eye drops right. to use. So there are
0: prescription strength, artificial mm-hmm. tears that of course mm-hmm. carry a variety of different medicines
2: and things like that, mm-hmm. that uh, as you said, to treat the root of the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and not only that too, uh, you know, kind of going back to more of, you know, being a, you know, some of dry eye being a lid issue, there are kind of, you know, medical therapies in office treatments. And, you know, I say treatments and, you know, people really good. Okay, here, here we go. You know, I'm just like, you know, chemo all <laughs> over again or something. Right. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a fairly non-invasive, you know, procedure to kind of help, you know, relieve some of that blockage in, you know, the myobomian glands. And that's kind of one thing that I've brought to Coulter Drive Optical is, is kind of offering that, uh, that treatment. Sure. Yeah, so well, that's that's, yeah. As we're blinking,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> become hyper aware, <laughs> right? Right. I know. Yes. Uh, but if those of you that are listening that suffer from that, I mean, um, you know, you've tried the 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 mm-hmm. over the counter drops, you've tried the prescription drops, or you've tried. You know, whatever it may be, I mean, that's kind of the next step, right? I mean that's that's yeah. good, another option, another tool.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I get a lot of people come in that uh, you know, you yeah, have been taking this visine for, you yeah. know, you yeah. know, a year almost and my eyes aren't any less red. I'm like, throw throw visine in the in, away. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's not working for you. So and uh, Wow get it's, not a it's, it's not the root of the problem. It's not the root of the problem.
0: Wow. You know, the, the, that's, that should at very least right there, give our listeners some hope, you know, that it's not just, you know, harvest time. It's not just Mm -hmm. the wind. It's not the dirt. It's not the grit. It's it, there is Mm a, a potential Mm -hmm. structural problem Mm -hmm. that more than likely was a a side effect of the nasty chemo. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so there is a, there is a fix. Yeah. A potential fix.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um another question, so at what age should you get your first eye exam? I know That's kids right. start and yeah. they get their eye exam at schools, but maybe some of our listeners have kiddos. Right, or- no,
2: absolutely so kinda I'm going to be answering first on, you well I'll answer kind of based on our kind of national organization's, you know, point uh, on it. You know, we, we can see kids as early as six months and that sounds really early. Oh, wow. And when How you think they? of, when you go, yeah. <laughs> so if you think of when you go to the optometrist, they're asking which one's better, one or two. Yeah. If, you're, if you ask two a six month old, you'll, you'll just get a cry or a scream yeah. or something. And by
0: the way, that's <laughs> the hardest, most stressful question. Right. <laughs> which one is better, one it's, or two? And I go, I don't know, go back. Go back to number one. Go back to number one. Try number two. And I'm afraid if I answer wrongly, it's like the end of the world. It's
2: so (laughs) stressful. Let let me answer that. It's not the end of the world. Uh, I can I can speak from my kind of standpoint. I, I get it uh, I do my tests with a lot of checks and balances so if I you know since that there's some hesitation in your one versus two <laughs> whoo, I'll give you three versus four which might be one or two again
1: oh trick questions
2: so there's a way of kind Good. of getting around it so I we feel so much <laughs> better now that's, that's why we go to school for so long Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah so we could see kids as early as six months to look for kind of just uh, you know gross uh, you you know you know huge prescriptions that might need correction very very early or kind of stuff like eye turns, that sort of thing, which can prevent the visual system from, you know, developing like it should. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, people wait till kind of kids are in, uh, you know, preschool age or they notice something's wrong. Like, right. you know, my kid squints a lot or it, he's excessively blinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Even inside, he stands too close to the TV. That sort of thing is when we get most of the, you know, our kiddos brought in at the first. So generally kind of the next exam would be you know, three or four kind of around preschool when you're kind of looking at, you know, stuff and you want to make sure what you're looking at is clear. (laughs) So, and and then kind of again, before, you know, about first grade when they really start reading a whole lot. So I I kind of do that, you know, you can bring them in at six months or, you know, if you notice anything wrong with them to kind of just make sure everything as a whole is where it should be developmentally. And then probably, you know, three or four, I'd say is when we can really kind of get some, you know, good good results and good uh uh measurements.
1: And at what age does um our friend Age playing <laughs> effect with uh, our eyes. AGE I can tell you. A- AGE. A-G-E. Yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. So that that old the uh, exposure to birthday candle smoke really creeps mm. in. Uh, we start noticing it usually in most cases around uh, the big 40, 40. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then we get we get some stubborn people who are like, I can still get by, and then we don't we we do something about it at 45 when right. they really can't do anything anymore. So oh, yeah. Kind An of age? around that forty zone is when we start having a more age related. It's a shock. Right? <laughs> it is. I because mean, I'm there and yes. go but,
1: in there and they tell yeah, you need yeah. a really strong <laughs> prescription. And we're you know, gonna up it, the one it, on
0: top and leave the. <laughs> <leave> the <one. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right.
1: No, oh, and how about bifocals? Right.
2: Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Bifocals. Whenever, whenever you start feeling like your arm just isn't quite long enough, it's like it's probably time.
1: Right. <laughs> so. Um. Speaking of that, what about um blue protective glasses, mm-hmm. do those help for patients? Or-
2: Abs- absolutely. So especially with how, you know, things are trending, you know, nowadays, a lot of things are digital, they're online. Uh, so we're doing a whole lot more, you know, computer work than right. we were before. Mm-hmm. Uh, with any computer, I don't care kind of what kind you have, there's, you know, it uses blue light to, you know, work and it emits a, a decent amount, which one, our eyes don't, kind of they don't focus blue wavelength light as you know efficiently as other wavelengths, so mm-hmm. that can make the eyes you know strain a little bit extra. But also tying this back into you know dry eye, we don't blink as often when we're staring at a computer screen for you know pick a number that many hours a day. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know when that you know not blinking plays a role in kind of how dry our nice. eyes end up being. So um, and, and then it, there's a whole section on kind of how messes with your sleep cycle the in circadian rhythm. So yes, I have become a big proponent of blue blocking filter especially if kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis involves screen time or, you know, computers. So um, it could
1: probably help our survivors also. Absolutely, I mean, right.
2: makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. you know when you think about that. Um,
0: we do. We, we look at the computer, then we go home and we watch TV or right. look at your monitor yeah. at home. Everyone or, has a computer in extreme. their pocket nowadays <laughs> yes. with,
2: with phones. So it's, yeah, right. it's everywhere. Mm-hmm.
0: So right. it, we definitely encourage those listening. If you spend a lot of time looking at screens, screens. it's worth look, maybe looking into a pair of the, the blue light blockers that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's it, it's another option. Right. right? We look mm-hmm. at a lot of things right. as tools. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know Pam presents a lot of tools. Here's a lot of options (laughs) options. when our survivors come in and and visit with her. And we have this and we have that. And gosh, it sounds like that's another tool that Mm -hmm. we might want to throw in the bag there, Pam. Right. I think it's
1: not only for our survivors, but anybody out there listening, um, I think it's for yeah. everybody. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, with how much uh, stuff is online nowadays and how much we use computers, I've I've started recommending it to almost everyone. <laughs> sure. So
1: what I'm hearing is that we need to take our eye health um mm-hmm. serious. Very serious. Um just like we do our regular health and regular checkups. Yeah. That's yeah. right.
2: That's right. So we only get one pair of eyes, so we got to make them that's last. True. That's so. true. Don't do as I did, you know, <laughs> I think I had my
0: um I visit when I was going off to college and then it was probably about, you know, in college time and then several years out of college. And I finally was like, you know, I'm having a hard time seeing this. I might want to go Mm -hmm. in and I'll never forget when I saw the doctor, he said, now you're a new patient. And I was like, Oh yes, sir. And he said, well, how long has it been? I'm like, mm like maybe a Never. senior in high school He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, let's try not to make it that long and again next time I see you. <laughs> yep you know? yeah. so yeah, don't make sure you get those exams on a regular basis, especially our survivors. Be sure. The other thing I think is important I, I want to bring up is is for them to share with mm-hmm. their optometrist mm-hmm. uh, that they're seeing is that they've had cancer or they're going through treatment. Yes, um, that's yeah. important, right? Because yeah. The, yeah. you need to know that.
2: Yeah, and having a, an accurate medical history is crucial when developing, uh, you know, therapies or kind of recommending treatment options. Uh, it, it helps to know, and you know, if we don't know, we don't. We can't yeah. fix what we don't yeah. you know, know is You can't wrong. just show up and go, right. fix me. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So it's important to tell them all the symptoms, not just mm-hmm. a few of them. Yes. that's right. We'll, yeah. Try. we'll so. try. Yeah. It's
0: been very informative.
2: Yeah. I, I really hope
0: our listeners have learned a lot. Um, I hope that uh, you, you take this to heart and definitely um, you know, seek out the, your eye doctor that you, you currently seek um, and, and talk about those symptoms or talk about the problems you're having if you don't have an eye doctor, I think mm-hmm. you may have just found one listening right. to our <laughs> podcast. Um, I know no. that it, uh, someone that understands your symptoms and understands what you're going through and and knows about the treatments, I think, is very vital to to take to heart for that as well. well so, great. thanks
1: for all your information. That yeah, was no, it,
0: yeah, happy to happy to help and happy to give it. Yes, it's it's nice to have. Uh, experts share uh, knowledge mm-hmm. in in the area of cancer, mm-hmm. and you know, um, I think that's that's what we try to bring here every every week on Beyond the Ribbon is to say we it's not just Pam and myself talking. It's mm-hmm. you know we're we're bringing good info info to them.
1: Right, they nice. might tell us what their problem is, but we can find an expert uh, right. to answer it. That's so. right. There you go. Yeah, so um, how about our Pete's Powerful That's right. Moment? That's right.
0: So, yes. Dr. Hargus one of the things yeah. we always do at the very end of our podcast is uh, we're sponsored by Pete's uh, CarSmart Kia, and so one mm-hmm. of the things we focus on is a Pete's Powerful Moment, um, and so uh, we want to throw the mic over to you and say, mm-hmm. share with us one of your Pete's Powerful Moments that you've seen in your time as an optometrist.
2: Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, sticking with kind of the dry eye theme and everything here, so one patient in particular that, you know, really sticks out, um, you know, she presented with, you know, your classic dry symptoms, uh, you know, painful burning, you know, it's, you know, affecting your vision one, but then also she's having kind of that wateriness and, and just not, she doesn't know what's wrong. Essentially. Mm -hmm. She's having to carry, you know, a handkerchief around and just, you know, dabbing her eyes constantly um and you know she's you know tried this drop that drop you know everything you know, kind of when you go down the aisle you know everything and just with no nothing that's that's helped uh, and so kind of coming in, we went through the, you know, got a good medical history, everything's there. And just we developed, a, you know, went by the list uh, down the aisle. So uh, we developed a, a routine for her and we got her kind of in the right track. And, you know, I was seeing her for a follow up, not just, a you know, a month later, just to see how she was, you know, she came in she was seeing immensely better which she was you know she wasn't even kind of happy about that part but just the fact that she didn't have to carry around a a napkin all the time that sounds like a lot of our patients it is huge and it's just like i i tried everything whatever you did worked because you know i'm not chained to always kind of you know this napkin or this you know handkerchief so uh, What's you know to me before it was like, y- you know, yeah, it's what I do, but it's mm-hmm. kind of Let's really kind of clicked there. It is like, this was huge for her, life and changed. and it is a, a giant step, life changing, yeah. And is just kind of it felt like another, you know, it's like, this is awesome, yeah. So Probably <laughs> something
1: good. so simple for yeah, you to something, fix, you know, something but simple but for
2: me, and something I've seen kind of happen before. And you know, you, you go through the steps, and you know, this is what happened. So, we tried the this, it ended up working first time and you made all the difference to, yeah. to this, this wow. lady. So. wow! Yep. Absolutely. I would definitely categorize that as a Pete's powerful, powerful moment. moment that's, that's for sure.
0: You know, um, it, it is, it's life changing, it's life altering. And mm-hmm. sometimes I think we, we live with things just because eh, I, I don't have time or I can put up with it, but, mm-hmm. um, there's hope out there. And mm-hmm. thank you again for for what you do. And thank you for sharing with us and with all of our listeners. Um, I know that, um, our, our folks out there definitely learned a little bit today about the root of the problem, you know, Mm -hmm. and trying to get to the root and fixing the root. that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Well, we want to encourage each and every one of you, of course, uh, to share our podcast, like our podcast. Um, if you have, um, suggestions for, for guests or topics, You can email those to us at info at the number 24survivorship.org, info at 24survivorship.org. We will definitely do our best to reach out and see what we can do about uh, answering your questions and uh, trying to find the right guests and, and topics. We've got a, a long list of topics and guests, but there's always going to be room, right, Pam?
1: That's right. We never know what our listeners need. That's so. right.
0: We're here to fill that gap and we're here yeah. to fill the void. And really uh, appreciate you guys again. Like our podcast, share our podcast, and uh, help us get the word out. We want to make sure that, uh, especially like today, today is about cancer survivors, but there's also information that so many people, uh, caregivers, and loved ones you know you have grandkids um that's information that i know that is important and you can take it to heart
1: i think anybody in the texas panhandle
2: right for sure <laughs> especially on windy days <laughs> yeah. blowing, yeah. we totally yeah. all it's can understand like, yeah. every day that ends in a y basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: for sure for sure well thank you guys for listening this week and uh, we will be back next week Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.